Well, good morning, family. <laughs> it is good to be here. It is good to be here. This is uh, kind of fun. We decided to leave uh, kind of our Christmas Eve setup. I love the fact that feels like we're closer, you know. I really enjoy that and appreciate that. And uh, many of you got my little video yesterday, um, kind of the, the, the stage of where we are. I, I um, got a positive uh, on my COVID, on COVID, uh, see it was, I want to call it my COVID, but um, I got a, co- a positive on COVID um, before New Year's, and, uh, and I was grateful that Paul could jump in for me at the last minute and did such a great job. And then Joe filled in on the, the, and Scott uh, also. In fact, what we had is eight of our worship leaders all tested positive at the same time. And uh, really grateful that it was really mild. In fact, uh, I've had a lot more, um, I'm probably a, a good dozen times I've had the flu that was worse than what I had, and it was very mild, and I was grateful for that. But of course, you have to kind of stay away from folks. And uh, so I've been watching online, and those of you who are watching online, I appreciate that we had that, um, but it's not the same. So <laughs> I'm glad to be here. I, um, I want to pray. Would you pray with me and uh, just ask for God's help as we take a look at God's word this morning? Heavenly Father, I thank you this day that we get to share together, Lord, that we can encourage one another, as your word says, to, um, Lord, to spur one another unto love and good works, and that we might encourage one another today in you. And I pray, Father, that uh, that there would be a clarity and an understanding. I pray for you, Holy Spirit. We always need you, and we thank you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, today, I, I actually, I wanted, I, I decided to do what I was going to do on New Year's Eve, because I want to talk to you about expectation for 2022 and really what to expect. And when I say that, it's not that I'm going to give you a prophetic view of what's gonna happen in 2022. What I can give you is what you are to expect according to God's word. And that's where we're looking. The, the Bible tells us in Psalm 62:5, my soul waits silently for God alone for my expectation is from him. We want our expectation to be from God. What God wants for us and what God expects of us and what God expects to do for us. And we find that in his word. So what I want you to do today is I want you to turn to Romans chapter 5. Put a, you know, set, set something there. And then, and then after you do that, go to Genesis chapter 1. Of course, when we gather together, we always, don't we always say that? Let's turn to, and the reason for that is because of the, the foundation for what we share together has to be from God's word. If it's from anything else, if it comes from even man's experience, it falls short and can fall short of the truth. 
And we want to make sure that what we are built on is the Word of God. So we're going to be uh, in these two portions of Scripture and sharing today. And the reason I want to take off in Genesis chapter 1 has to do with our second portion of Scripture that refers to this. And I want to look at it first. And for many of you um, who started the Bible already this year, I'm I'm hoping many of you have decided you're going to read through the Bible. If you read through, if you do three chapters a day, you'll read through the Bible in a year, and uh, and you can you can do that. Um, or the most important thing is that you just say, you know what, this year I'm going to read the Bible every day, whether it's three chapters or one chapter. Um, but you're going to get into God's Word every day this year, and you're going to keep feeding your soul with the Word of God. What an important thing, what a valuable thing it is when we do that, when we take God's Word and we put it in this. I'll tell you, this is going to happen. This will happen to you. If you get in God's Word, and of course, it isn't just reading, but you're really desiring to, to live out the Word of God. And if you if you open your heart and receive God's word every day you read it, I'll tell you this, you're going to be wiser by the end of the year. You're going to be much you're going to be a wiser person. You're going to be making better decisions in your life. You're also going to hear God's voice better. Because we listen, we hear God through his word first before we hear God through that still small voice that God does speak to us, the Holy Spirit does speak to us, and there is that uh, subjective uh, learning uh, from God's word, but it comes through the objective truth first so that the foundation is built so we're not deceived by our own thoughts in, uh, in, in uh, trying to hear and maybe mis- being misinformed in uh, our understanding of God's word, because remember, when God speaks, he's always going to be in alignment with himself, and he's given his word to us. So if he's already given his word, God is not going to be speaking something contrary to his word, because that would be God deceiving himself, and he can't do that. He does not lie. So in Genesis chapter 1, in verse 26, it says, Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Now, when it says God, it's the word Elohim, and it's a a singular plural. It's kind of like saying we have a, um, you know, I, I have a bushel of grapes, right? It's not one grape. There's more than one, but you have one bushel. Well, we have God, and Elohim is a plural of of one and that's why we call it the trinity and so when god says let us make man in our image we have the father and the son and the holy spirit saying and this is um make that in in our likeness and that and let them have dominion and the word dominion that's a key to our understanding what god wants to do this next year God created us to rule. <clears throat> he created us to rule. We are, we have been made for rulership at some point and some level. Now, in our own lives, we have rulership, if you would, over our own lives to an extent. And God gives us rulership at different levels in our life. But, but God has created us for much more than that. And what 
we work, have been created for is not fully realized yet, nor is it even understood fully yet. But what we get is a glimpse of it in the creation. When God created mankind, he gave us a rulership, and he gave Adam and Eve this rulership in the creation. And they were to have dominion over the, the, the sea, over the birds. So we're talking creation here, right? We're over the, uh, over the animals and so forth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion, okay? Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, see, I have given you every herb, every uh, that, that yields seed which is on the face of the earth and every tree whose, whose fruit yields seed to you it shall be for food also to every beast of the earth to every bird of the air and to everything so he kind of keeps repeating this he's wanting to make sure we get this there's a reason why it's repeated here in the scripture for us over again and, uh, and, and every creeping thing on the earth in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. Then God saw everything that he had made. Indeed, it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Now, God created us to have rulership, to have dominion. And that rulership lasted for a while, but God also gave man a choice. And you know the story. I, I know this is very foundational for any Christian. And the, that is that God had given mankind um, the, the, the freedom to enjoy everything he had created except for one thing, one tree, in which that was an option for man not to obey God. And that option had to be there for it to be free will and free choice. And um, our first parents didn't do so well. I don't know how long they lasted. We don't know how long they were in the garden before they ate of the tree. But it doesn't seem like, I mean, from, from what we get, at least in the, the way the passages are, are given, it doesn't look like they lasted too long without eating of the tree. Um, and we can look at that because something dr- dramatic happened when they did that. Something terrible happened when they did that. And I like to like blame Adam and Eve for their terrible de- you know, decisions, but I have to admit that I've made that same decision myself many times over and over again in my life where I have chosen instead of going and doing what God has asked me to do, to do what I have decided to do instead. And I think it's a huge, you know, it, there, there, there's a culpability, but my sin... Um, my sin and your sin affects other people negatively, right? I mean, it affects our family. It affects people around us, people who are connected to us. It affects people in ways that we don't even know that it affects us because most of all, it affects us directly in our own lives. And that deterioration of, in fact, the, um, the full image of God, our sin, our sin deteriorates the full glory of God, the image of God in our life, and that full glory of God that is diminished affects the way we connect with other people and what we do for other people and what God does, can, has done and does through us in that. Adam and Eve made a terrible decision. Adam's sin 
has affected all of mankind. You and I have this nature that was, we were born with because of Adam and Adam's sin. And the fifth chapter of the book of Romans, it gives us um, some insight. I'm not going to read the entire uh, uh, portion here. I'm just going to read actually one verse. But the background of it is in there, if you go there, starting in verse 12, um, it says that through one man's sin entered into the world, death through sin, then death spread on all men because all sinned. What happened was when Adam sinned, there was, there was a series of major events that took place. One had to do with the, the rulership that God had given Adam and Eve. The, the dominion rulership of this place, this earth that God created for us was released from the hands of Adam and Eve to the hands of the serpent who had deceived them because they gave their will over. And you would go through this study in the third chapter of Genesis and see how Adam and Eve were deceived in the process, or Eve was deceived, and Adam went along with, with it because as they surrendered their will to the serpent, um, then he became the what the scripture defines as the God of this world, the G, little g God of this world. Obviously not, the, not, not, uh, not the, the almighty God, but the little g God of this world. Dominion was given to him. If you wonder why the world is in such a mess, um, consider the fact that the God of this world has deceived and destroyed and done his thing with his kingdom for, well, for many, many centuries. And as a result of that, um, this, this world being turned over, Adam also, because of his sin, death entered into the world. Adam and Eve were, were created for, to live forever. In fact, um, if they would have continued eating in the garden, they would have eaten of the tree of life. And if they would have eaten of the tree of life, it would have been forever. One of the reasons God actually expelled them from the garden was so that they wouldn't eat from the tree of life because otherwise they would have been, um, they would have had life. The the possibility of death would not have entered and they would have lived forever in their sinful state, separated from God. It was God's grace. Also, what was God's grace is that one individual who represented mankind that his actions would affect all of us. Now, not, not just individually. In other words, Adam's sin didn't just affect Adam. The fact was that because of Adam and because all of us were in the, the, the body of Adam, when he sinned, all of us then inherited the sin nature of Adam. We were all born with the sin nature of Adam. So in verse 17 of uh, Romans chapter 5, it says, For if by the trespass of one man, death reign through the one man. Death reign. The reason our bodies die is because 
of Adam's first decision. Now, we would say it this way. Adam, um, we, we ourselves are sinners because of our nature. We have a nature to sin. But we're not just sinners by nature. We're also sinners by action. We've all sinned. Now, I'm, I'm, I, I want to rephrase that because I never want to say we are sinners. We were. And because using the terminology, in fact, you hear the terminology where people say we're just sinners saved by grace. No, no, we could say we were sinners. But when you say you are sinners, that's an identification. And we're not, your identity is not a sinner. Your identity, if you're a Christian, is a saint. You need to understand that, that, that all believers now are saints. You're not, you, you can say I was a sinner, but if you are a Christian, it is a, it's, it's, uh, it's wrong to identify as a sinner. You're not a sinner. You were a sinner. Does that mean you still don't sin? No. It's just your identity is not a sinner. There's a difference in identity. That's why I have a problem with any identity that is for a Christian other than that they are a saint, other than they are a child of God, other than that they, you know, they are a follower of Christ. I even have, I have a problem with even, you know, um, AA, and I understand some of the great and wonderful work they do. One of the things I have a problem with is when, when someone then takes on an identity for the rest of their life. And they say something like this, I'm an alcoholic. See, I could say I'm a drug addict because at one time in my life, I was bound by drugs. There was a season in my life I was bound by drugs. Am I gonna spend the rest of my life in, my, in the identity that I'm a drug addict? No, I'm free. I'm a child of God. Does that mean if I went back to drugs, it wouldn't be incredibly dangerous and devastating? Yes, it would be. But I'm still a child of God. And that's why I don't go back, because I'm free in Jesus. You see, your identity is extremely important in understanding who you are in your nature. But we were born into sin, and the sin nature you know, we have to deal with in our lives. And I, I read this. Um, it was actually written in the early 1900s. It's, uh, um, it, it was written uh, by the Minnesota Crime Commission. So this is a secular commission that released um, this study on a crime report. It says this. In the study, study it says, humanity, uh, humanity, the community, uh, the commission came to this com conclusion about the study of humanity. This is their conclusion. Every baby starts life as a little savage. He is completely selfish and self-centered. He wants what he wants when he wants it. His bottle, his mother's attention, and his playmate's toys. Deny him his wants and he, see, he seizes with rage and aggressiveness, which would be murderous if, it were not so, if he were not so helpless. He's, he is dirty. He has no morals, no skills. This means that all children, not just certain children, are born delinquent. 
If permitted to continue in this self-centered world of his infancy, given free reign to his impulsive actions to satisfy his wants, every child would, would wind up a criminal, a thief, and a killer. There's one thing I never had to teach. I had to teach my kids a lot of things, but I never had to teach them to sin. Never. Right? Isn't it interesting? I, I never had to teach my kids to lie, to be deceptive, to be selfish. N- never had to teach them. Why? It, they were born with that nature. And so were you, and so was I. So, Paul, as he's writing this, in this wonderful portion of Scripture, he says, for if by the trespass of one man, death reigned throughout the one, the one man, because of one man, well, here's the good news. That was the bad news. The bad news that death came through one man, and we all have to deal with that. But if death could come through one man, then the possibility of life could come through one man. See, if death couldn't come to, by one man, then every individual would be responsible for every, their, their life fully and completely from the beginning to the end. Then the individual would have to have someone die for them individually, but it couldn't happen corporately. But if death could pass on because of one, then life could pass on. And the scripture says, how much more will those who receive, now look, look at that scripture there, how much more will those who receive, now the word receive is in the Greek, the continuous tense. In other words, you are received, you continually receive. It's not a one-time thing. You're continually receiving what? God's abundant provision of grace. That, that how much more those who receive continue to receive God's abundant provision of grace. In other words, it's not, it's not a trickle of grace. It's an abundant provision. It's more than we need. It's overflowing. In fact, if you were drinking it in, you would, you would drown in God's grace. There's more than you need and more than you can even take in. God's grace is full. There's great provision, full provision for us, uh, abundant provision of God's grace, his unmerited favor. This comes through Jesus and through the sacrifice he made for us and the gift of righteousness because both of those things have come because of one man. One man's sacrifice, one man's life has brought us an abundance of grace and righteousness. This righteousness isn't our righteousness, it's imputed righteousness. It's not our actions, it's God's actions. It's the actions of Jesus, the grace of God, and the, the, and the righteousness that comes in Jesus Christ for us. And when you settle that, you understand that. That's, that's what salvation is. It's God's free gift 
of grace. It's God's provision of righteousness. That's our right standing. Righteousness is our right standing with God. Purchased by Jesus Christ himself. That, that is ours. And because of that, it's not something that we have to buy. And so the whole world, we could say it this way, the whole world is divided between those who are of Adam and those who are in Christ. Those who are in Adam and those who are in Christ. You are either in Adam, in other words, the sin nature drives your life, or you're in Christ and the Holy Spirit drives your life. You're, you're, you're in Adam and death reigns over you, or you're in Christ and life reigns over you. That death cannot defeat you if you're in Christ. And that's, and so, we're, we're, we were all sinners by, nation, by nature and action, but because of Christ, well, instead of just death being passed down, grace and righteousness is ours. Spurgeon said this way, saints are so righteous in Jesus Christ, they are more righteous than Adam was before he sinned. For he had but the, crea- the, the, the creature the creature righteousness, but we have the righteousness of the creator. He had a righteousness that he lost. Believers have a righteousness they can never lose, an everlasting righteousness. You're really righteous. You're really righteous. You are so righteous. You're so right with God. You're so filled with God's grace and mercy. See, that's what Paul's trying to get across to us because if we can comprehend this, I mean really get it in our soul, then the next part, the next part is the way we live out our life in 2022. And the next part says that we reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. We reign in life. I like that word reign. It means, here's the synonyms for it. Be king, be queen, be monarch, be sovereign, sit on the throne, occupy the throne, wield the scepter, rule, govern, be in power, prevail, uh, be uh, widespread, be in force, be in effect, abound, predominate, uh, uh, be supreme, and lastly, dominate. Dominate. You and I are to dominate. We're to rule in Christ Jesus. That's That's not, you know, just us strutting our stuff. It's us in, in Christ, it's us submitted to the Holy Spirit. It's us acting in the place that we should as followers of Jesus, of those who are filled with God's grace and of those who walk in righteousness with Christ, that we live out our life in a dominant way in this world. 
Now, that's not dominating over people. That's dominating over the, the empts of hell. That's dominating and ruling in the kingdom of God and, and operating in the kingdom of God in a, in a um, I, I would say, a, a military fashion if necessary. That you and I are to rule in Christ Jesus. And, and we, watch, we watch the actions of others who have kind of caught on to what that is. I mean, when you take a look, I think the book of, of, of Acts is a book that, that shows the church dominating. Say, well, didn't they kind of get imprisoned and beat up and so forth? Yeah, yeah, they, they had that. They had some times when they were thrown in prison for their faith. In fact, some of them were killed. They even lost their life. But even in that, they were dominating. If you see what happened, if you see what happened and how the church operated in a very hostile environment, you don't see them as retreating. You see them as dominant. You see them as uh, being aggressive. You see of the, them as going forward. If they were kicked out of one town, they didn't go home and cry, go back and cry at home. They went to the next town and just and preach the gospel and cast out demons and cause the enemy to run. They didn't give up. They're what Paul calls more than overcomers in Christ Jesus. They lived in the mentality that wherever we go, God is going to do something, and God is going to do something powerful, and that we could rely on and have expectation of the Holy Spirit doing powerful things in and through our lives. I, I believe that's what this reign is about. I believe this reign is reign over rejection, that, that, um, that Jesus said, hey, yeah, they're going to reject you, but you know what? Just keep going. There's going to be times when you're going to find rejection. Just, well, the, the, the wonderful thing is the one who accepts you is the most important one in the whole universe. You see, you might get rejection. You might have faced rejection. You might have fa faced hurtful rejection. I want to speak to just a, a couple of people here. S several of you in your life, you grew up maybe in a situation where you were rejected by the people who should have loved you and who should have accepted you the most. But I want you to know this. The one who does count the most has accepted you. Not only that, he paid the ultimate price for you he saw you so valuable that life itself was not as important as you are. So, you can deal with any rejection if you have the God of the universe, the Almighty One who totally loves you and accepts you and has made you righteous and by his sacrifice. You can move beyond that. You don't have to live there in your life. You don't have to be afraid of rejection in your workplace or your neighborhood or wherever because you are a follower of Jesus and you boldly proclaim it. You don't have to worry about rejection because you have him who has accepted you. You can understand that, that even the enemy's full weaponry against you cannot prosper. 
It says in Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. I'm going to say that again. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. This is what you should expect in your life. Right? This is expectation. <laughs> and I love how he just adds this. And their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Because that's where it comes from. Remember when Jesus sent out the 70 and they came back and said, we saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. He said, said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. They saw the demons get, are subject to them. And he, and he said, and I give you authority. I give you authority to trample serpents and scorpions over every power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I say, well, 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 didn't some of them even die for their faith? Yeah, didn't hurt them. Stephen was being stoned. You, you know how painful that must be to be stoned? I mean, people throwing rocks. They didn't throw pebbles, right? They're killing him. And he says, Lord, don't lay this. Father, don't lay this to their charge. And with a smile on his face, he looks up and says, I see the Son of Man. I see the Son of God. I see Jesus standing. Jesus wasn't sitting. One of his was being stoned to death. Jesus was standing. Come on, Stephen. Take that last breath, my friend. I can't wait to give you a big hug. Ah. Victory. Victory. We, we reign. Listen, we reign over sin. We don't tolerate it in our life. No sin has dominion over you. Don't give it dominion. Don't give it authority. It doesn't have a right to have authority over you. You're beyond it. You're greater than it. I don't care what your addiction is. Stop giving into it. Stop submitting in your mind that, it's, that this is something you cannot have victory over. It's a lie. It's a lie. Read Romans 6 and 7. I'm just telling somebody here. You need to get it 6, 7, and 8. Romans 6, 7, and 8. Read it. Meditate on it. Get it in your, in fact, memorize it. If you're having struggles, if you have addiction in your life that you can't seem to get victory over, read Romans 6, 7, and 8. Memorize it. Get the word in you. You'll get victory in your life. You can reign over fear. You don't have to be living in fear. Some people have been so paralyzed the last two years. I, I understand. I mean... Who wants, you know, to get sick? And, uh, and, and possibly it could end your life. That happens every day, right? You drove here, didn't you? I know how some of you drive. That was very risky. I'm not, I don't want to diminish the challenges that we face. I just want to diminish our fear. Okay? Let's just, let's just lessen our fear and let's walk in faith. 
We can, we can reign over unbelief. We can reign over disappointment. Folks, we can reign. We can rule and reign in Christ. God has given this to us, and we need to, to establish in our hearts who we are in Jesus. You have more grace than you need. More grace than you need. And you're righteous. When we, I, I date myself, but I, and during the 70s, that was just a word we used a lot. That was righteous, man. That was righteous. <laughs> you're righteous, man. You're right with God. He has made that. So we look forward to this year with great anticipation. And, uh, and I'm, my prayer for you is that you'll have dominion. You do some ruling and reigning. That you rise up in faith and prayer and c- confessing the word of God, the truth, that you live there. Because if you don't live there, you will succumb to all these other things because you don't know who you are. And, and you should know who you are in Jesus. Now, I'm done, but I'm not done. I want to share with you a little bit. I said I would share with you, and I wasn't sure if I'd do it at the beginning, at the end, but I couldn't help but getting started. I just wanted to get started with this. But we are, as a church, starting tomorrow uh, a week of prayer and fasting. And, uh, and what we want to do is we want to take some of the tools, the weapons that we have in Christ, and one of the tools is prayer and fasting. The Bible is very clear with that. In fact, prayer and fasting is not only something that, it's not just New Testament, it's obviously through the scriptures. And there are many times when people prayed and fasted long periods of time for breakthrough in things, spiritual warfare and so forth. Sometimes there were smaller periods of time. Sometimes there were things that limited people from actually fasting fully, but um, but they found ways in which they could deny their flesh so that, not because, listen, when someone fasts, God doesn't say, aren't they really committed? They didn't eat today. Or they missed a meal. I don't think God's really impressed with that because we can go a long time without food, right? We can miss a lot of meals. And we all fasted. Right, I fasted last night from dinner till breakfast this morning. <laughs> but fasting has its benefit in a couple of ways. The main way that fasting has its benefit is that it keeps us more focused not on the things that pleases our flesh and our gut, but that pleases God. And so... Um, Always in the scripture, you don't just have fasting. The, the scripture doesn't just say to fast. It actually says, it always tells us to pray and fast. They go together because we're, the goal is not just to deny your flesh. The goal is to focus our hearts toward God. And when we focus our heart toward, toward God in prayer and fasting, there comes breakthrough. 
It's uh, the anointing, the Bible says, that breaks the yoke. Fasting produces that. It does a lot of things. The Bible says I humble myself through fasting. Fasting is, a, is, a, is something that humbles us, it helps us. If you're, if you're battling with pride, you're str- you struggle with that. Fasting is a great way. It's a way to get our flesh under control. In fact, I'll use fasting at times to tell my flesh, you're not doing that anymore. I'm done with that. I'm making a choice of my will. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you in your place. And your place is not at the top. My flesh is not the place that my spirit is. And so I'm gonna make a decision, I make a decision. But there is tremendous breakthrough, and we see that in scripture, the promise and the benefits of fasting and prayer. It's a way of hearing God more clearly. The disciples, you read in the book of Acts how they, they prayed and fasted. And so, and then God, the Holy Spirit spoke to them. And that's how, in fact, Paul and Barnabas were launched into the ministry because they had prayed and fasted and the Holy Spirit had spoken to them while they were praying and fasting. And there's some great benefits to it. Now, I'm not telling you how. Uh, there's several ways of, of fasting. The, um, you know, the Daniel fast is, uh, was a 21-day fast where he ate no pleasant food. Okay, so I guess ice cream's off the plate and, and uh, some of those things in a, in a Daniel fast. There's a total fast, and that you wouldn't want to do very long. That's where you don't drink. That's a supernatural fast. A person going without drinking and food for more than three days is, becomes risky. But most fasts were just without food, and that would be that you go without food for a meal, a day, several days, And my challenge to you is that you would consider maybe going further than what you have done before. But I only say that with this. The most important thing is that you pray and try to hear what the Holy Spirit wants you to do. That's number one, okay? And as you're trying to to sense that, that maybe you would say, you know, I'm willing to go whatever you know, the Lord would want me to do. Now, we're doing a seven-day. If you want to do a 40-day fast, have at it. I have quite a few friends, actually, that have done 40-day fasts, and um, not everybody can do it. I know that I could probably live. I could still survive a 40-day fast, but I have plenty of reserves, but not everybody has that. So um, the, the, the point is, is we're gonna have time of prayer. And the focus of our prayer, we'll, we'll talk about this um, in our devotions. We're gonna have uh, daily devotions are gonna be sent out. I hope you, if you're on our email list or our, our text list, you'll, you'll receive those. They're just, we're just doing um, three-minute devotions in the morning. They'll be sent out if you wanna join the devotion and just let it be something. We're, we're, we're kind of all on the same page as we're hearing. And, and being taught God's word. So th- that's what's gonna go out uh, throughout this week for seven days. And, but we're praying for revival. We're praying for God to do a powerful work in this season. We're praying for our church. We're praying God will do, have breakthrough. We're, we're believing for God to do more supernatural. Well, don't we always want more? 
we want more of God in our life. We're, we're praying that, God, we would be more sensitive to your spirit. We would hear you. We would obey you. We would live. That, God, you would open the doors for us to minister your word and communicate it in the, in the communities that we live. Lord, we want to draw closer to you. And, not, and then probably at the top of that list is, Lord, revive me. Revive me. Make, make me the man or the woman that you want me to be. Fill me overflowing with your spirit. Pray that. And then this year, we are starting in, I think it's three, three weeks. Um, we're starting our, a five-week series on the Holy Spirit. And uh, I'm just calling, let me introduce you to the Holy Spirit. And we, I believe this is going to be one of the most impactful series that we do, um, going through the entire scripture and really learning about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit wants to fill us overflowing. And we'll learn about that. We'll f- we learn about, there, there, did you know that there is a capacity of the Holy Spirit that ca- can come? And when you hit that capacity, there's an outlet valve. There's an, uh, actually an outlet valve. I'm, I'll talk to you about that when we get there. And until you get to the outlet valve, you need more filling of the Holy Spirit. So that's what we're going to do. Good time. Well, Father, we thank you. I thank you. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up and let's close. But there's so much, Lord, that I know you want to do through us this next year. And Lord, I pray that every follower of Jesus in this room and who are watching at this point online, I pray that this year we will look at 2020 is not a year of dread, defeat, COVID. That will not be the label for 2022. The label for 2022 would be the year that I started ruling and reigning with Christ Jesus in my life. That I live life as a ruler by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.
all that you've done for me.